Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen, and I'm sitting here with Molly, who is slightly under the weather, but she's getting better. Getting better. Thank goodness. Molly, I was looking at some uh, some pictures um, at home the other day, and um, there's this one picture of me. I think I'm about 11 or 12, hitting, you know, the, the first beginnings of puberty. Ooh, a little awkward. I'm like the epitome of awkward, you know, oversized soccer shorts, big T-shirt that I probably thought was cool. You know, I just I looked terrible. I was a hot mess. I mean, I mean, can you can you imagine what life would be like? How how amazing your middle school years would have been if puberty did not exist? Oh, great school pictures. Yeah. No bad school pictures. No awkward. Oh, no shameful crushes. No shameful crushes. No B.O. No gigantic zits on the day of your first dance. Well, you know, some some people actually live in that utopia we speak of. And uh, there's actually a condition called idiopathic hypogonadotropic hypogonadism. And I probably totally butchered that. But um, the acronym is IHH. And it's a condition in which people don't go through puberty. And it sounds glorious, but, you know, at some point you do have to get over the hump of yeah. puberty. When, once you hit, like, 16, 17, not going through puberty might be kind of a bummer. You'd want to have a crush. Yeah. Or boobs. <laughs> now, the reason this happens is scientists think that people with IHH actually lack a protein called kispeptin that triggers the physiological uh, process of puberty. So you've got these people, you know, who don't who don't go through puberty at all. But then let's go to the other end of the puberty spectrum, Molly, and imagine getting going through puberty when you are, say, oh, I don't know, 
six years Ooh. old. It would make first grade really rough. Yes, it would. And, but this happens, and it's actually happening a little bit more in girls these days, and it's called precocious puberty. Yeah, but this is more than just, you know, girls acting older than they are. Right. This is, um, you know, they're going through the physical changes of puberty much younger than is expected. Right. Um, and it, you know, it happens both to both genders, but it, it happens about 10 times more often in girls than in boys. Mm-hmm. So it's a real health concern for young girls. Um, but first we pro- should probably talk about just how puberty happens to begin with. Right. We all know the, uh, you know, the basic signs of puberty. You got acne, you have hair in places you used to not have hair. Body odor. Body odor, sweating. You um, might have to go shopping for your training, bro. Whew, terrible, unexplainable crushes. And, and all yeah. this is happening because your brain has decided to release, um, first it releases something called, I'm not going to pronounce this right, I'm just telling you now. You can do it, Molly. Gonadotropin releasing hormone. I think you got it right. We, we're just going to call it GNRH, though. Yeah, I prefer to call it the guns and roses hormone because <laughs> it's GNRH. And so basically that hormone then is signaling other glands to release their own hormones. So first you've got luteinizing hormone mm-hmm. and follicle-stimulating hormone. And these are the ones that are actually going to tell your ovaries, it's time to make some estrogen. It's time to become a lady. And once the estrogen is released, um, then it leads to breast growth, the body hair, the acne, and the first um, period. Right. And so when it doesn't happen at the time in which we think it should happen in girls, which, you know, generally about 10 to 12 is when most girls go through this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, if it if it happens too early because of the GNRH hormone, then that's central precocious puberty. And if it happens with the other hormones, then that's um, peripheral precocious puberty. Mm-hmm. And this uh, precocious puberty has been showing up more often in uh, in girls. And so, you know, people have been kind of alarmed about it. There are like these horror stories of there was a, uh, I think it was like in the 1980s and 90s, like two-year-olds in Puerto Rico who were already developing breasts and like um, a five-year-old gave birth. Yeah. I mean, just sort of alarming things because it just doesn't seem natural that the girls be going through, through puberty. And then that leads to all these other questions of, you know, like if they're already, you know, if their sex hormones are released, then are they becoming sexualized earlier? Yada, yada, yada. So it's just kind of a whole chain of things from this one, this one hormone in the brain. Right. So first, how early is too early? Um, you know, in the 1960s, doctors thought eight to 13, you know, mm-hmm. Chris and I were talking about some sort of extreme cases with, with two years, two year olds and five year olds, right. but eight to 13, um, was sort of the normal age range for puberty. And if it started younger than eight, that was precocious puberty. Mm-hmm. But then in 1997, there was a study, um, led by researchers at the University of North Carolina School of Public Health. And they found that nearly 15% of Caucasian girls and almost 50% of African-American girls were already showing signs of puberty far before eight. Mm-hmm. So that led to this new definition that's kind of the standard now, though it's kind of questionable. It's sort of controversial. To, yeah. You know, that says if it's happening under eight, that's precocious puberty. So let's talk about why this might be happening. Because uh, in some cases, in a small number of cases, there's it's just an underlying physical problem, like a brain tumor or spinal cord injury, some kind of genetic disease or infection that will just trigger the release of the GNRH earlier in the brain. But, but that's in a pretty small amount of cases. Right. And also in a small amount of cases is the possibility it could be a genetic thing. Um, they have found a mutant gene that might cause um, precocious puberty. But now they're coming up with all sorts of new theories. We've got um, exposure to chemicals, mm-hmm. basically environmental factors. Right. Uh, there are these 
These chemicals specifically, once again, I might not pronounce this right either, Molly, polychlorinated biphenols or PCBs, um, which were once used, they've been phased out of products that are made now, but they were once used in um, coolants and flame retardants. And this huge class of chemicals called phthalates. And phthalates are in a lot of your bathroom products. These are plastic softeners. Um, they also bind fragrances in things like your shampoo and um, they're found in nail polish, all sorts of things. And the reason why these chemicals are sort of scary to some scientists is because they actually mimic estrogen and um, they leach pretty easily from the products that they're in and you can inhale them or you can absorb them through the skin or they can leach into groundwater supply, etc. And Basically, it's like having, you know, a surge of this fake estrogen um, in your body. So they're thinking that that could be one of the reasons why girls are hitting puberty faster. Yeah, and they've done some research to back up this theory. Um, one study that was in Puerto Rico found that girls who were exposed to high levels of PCBs in the womb started puberty sooner than girls who didn't. And then there were, the you know, the, the girls that are growing breasts as young as two that Krista was talking about. Many of them had really high levels of phthalates in their in their bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And then there are dietary culprits, potential culprits, baby girls who have been fed soy formula in particular might hit puberty earlier because of parts of soy, naturally occurring parts of soy, um, called isoflavones. And isoflavones like uh, the PCBs and phthalates are um, mimic estrogen in the body as well. So once again, it's just sort of like, you know, the the higher levels of these estrogen-like particles in the body. Right. And they've also, in the 90s, there was a big to-do about um, artificial bovine growth hormone. Mm-hmm. This one's pretty much been ruled out. Um, you know, it's a hormone that's in milk and meat. But they say that it's not really like estrogen, per se, once it's really broken down, and that it, it digests too quickly to really be something that might be kick-starting puberty. But the biggest reason right now that they've got on, on track is dietary-based. It's it's basically a supersized diet. Mm-hmm. Childhood obesity. Yeah. The rate of obesity in children ages 2 to 11 has nearly tripled over the past few years, according to the CDC. And the reason why this might be the cause for precocious puberty is that fat cells actually produce, you guessed it, estrogen. Estrogen. And um, it also produces the hormone leptin, which stimulates the release of hormones that also trigger puberty. So, But, I mean, they can look at the girls, and basically a lot of the girls, about 60% of girls who have shown the evidence of precocious puberty are overweight. So mm-hmm. it's just one more reason to watch what kids eat, make sure they go outside and exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it is, is that once it happens to a young girl, you've got to do something about it. It's a very serious medical condition. Because when you're like six, you're just not ready to handle the emotional challenges that come with puberty. You know, that sounds like so obvious, but you've got young girls who are more likely to have psychological problems, unintended pregnancies, and substance abuse problems. Now, I will say, though, Molly, okay, I um, I looked up precocious puberty in the Encyclopedia of Clinical Child and Pediatric Psychology, because I kind of wanted to look a little bit more into why, you know, say, developing breasts at age six instead of age eight might possibly screw you up mentally down the road. And that encyclopedia said that girls with precocious puberty were no more likely to experience emotional or behavioral disturbances. They were at risk, but not necessarily more likely than um, than other girls. And that psychosexual maturation, which is one of the main reasons why, you know, people fear precocious 
puberty of girls, you know, becoming sexually active sooner. This encyclopedia explained it in terms of psychosexual maturity going according to your social age rather than your like physical development. So if you're, you know, if you're six and you're just hanging around like six year olds and they're not really, no one's really into boys yet or what have you, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because that six-year-old hits puberty faster that she's going to become more sexually active. No, so some conflicting evidence. There's some the, conflicting evidence. On the emotional part. Well, I hope the encyclopedia didn't disagree with sort of the physical changes that can kind of affect right. you for the rest of your life. Yes. Because there are a few physical effects that uh, precocious puberty that can have that are kind of frightening. Um, if you begin puberty sooner than normal, you basically have an early growth spurt mm-hmm. and you get taller right at first, but then your bones stop growing after puberty. So you reach basically, um, your full growth potential, you know, potentially at the age of eight. Yeah. So you, sooner than you should. Yeah. A little, a little stunted. And, um, girls with precocious puberty are also at a higher risk of breast cancer because they're exposed to estrogen for longer periods of time than, than they otherwise would be. And estrogen exposure promotes breast cancer. And also, if you get your period before age eight, you're at greater risk for polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is the condition where cysts grow in the ovaries and can interfere with fertility. So, you know, getting a period at eight, all of a sudden you can't have a baby when you're 30. Mm-hmm. And even though these um, precocious puberty happens, you know, 10 times more often in girls than boys, um, if a boy does have does experience it, they're the same types of risks for, for boys as well. You know, it's not just girls who are getting the... Uh, Shorten of the stick with precocious puberty. Although, um, one, one thing that I read that was sort of, uh, raised an interesting question about sort of the psychological factors of it was that it might be, boys might have an easier time dealing with precocious puberty because it might be more socially acceptable for a boy, you know, in his group to be the first one to get chest hair and grow <laughs> and get a deep voice. Whereas, you know, the, the changes for a girl are a lot more, um, obvious and maybe, um, you know, a little harder to handle socially. The fact of the matter is the average age of a girl's first period has been dropping 0.3 years per decade. Since the mid 1800s to the 1960s. Do you think maybe this is a trend? I think that it might be a trend. I think that, um, I think that it might be, uh, slightly overblown. I'm not saying that, you know, if your child experiences precocious puberty that you shouldn't do something about it. Obviously all those, you know, potential outcomes are, are, aren't healthy at all. But I think that, um, as a health trend, it might be overblown somewhat because a study similar to the one that you talked about in 1997, um, came out in 1976, sort of saying the same thing that, um, girls are experiencing puberty slightly earlier, but overall the average age of, um, a girl's first menstruation, um, has remained relatively the same. Interesting. So I think that there's room for debate. Okay. But overall, diet. Diet. Got the fat. But one interesting thing, I, I sort of thought that, you know, once puberty started, it was a runaway train and there was nothing you could do about mm-hmm. it. But basically, if precocious puberty does start, it, you can reverse it. Well, how would, how would it be possible for, for a doctor to reverse puberty? That sounds counterintuitive. Well, what you need, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying everyone can reverse puberty, but precocious puberty. You need to see a specialist in growth and hormonal disorders called a pediatric endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. And basically, they're going to give you a lot of hormone tests, a lot of brain imaging scans, because they're going to be looking for those possibilities um, like brain tumors, uh, genetic things that could have triggered it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, if, if something like that might have been the trigger, then they, they might treat that first and see if that just kind of stops the puberty. 
Um, but if there isn't any medical cause, you can get um, LHRH or GNRH, the Guns and Roses hormone, agonist therapy, hmm. which basically um, you put hormones in that block the body's production of the sex hormones that were triggering this early puberty. And someone who's getting this therapy, um, it's probably going to be a monthly shot, and you just stay on the medication until you reach the normal age of puberty, at which time you go off it, and everything can proceed as normal. Huh. Well, it's good to know that um, there are ways to, to treat precocious pu- puberty. But Molly, I'm curious to know um, if... Diet really is one of the root causes of precocious pu- puberty, okay? It's happening in a, like a lot of obese children. If maybe that could also be one of the ways to prevent precocious puberty, you know, balanced diet. Because, you know, also on the reverse end, if uh, if girls don't eat enough calories, specifically like anorexic girls, bulimic girls who aren't taking in enough food, um, will also delay their period. So I wonder if the opposite is true, if you can, you know, with a healthy diet send them off on the right, on the right foot. Uh, it's a good, puberty. it's a good theory. And yeah. I mean, think of, I mean, it certainly can't hurt to try because yeah. a healthy diet will lead to many other things. Exactly. Besides the healthy onset of puberty. Well, um, I think that's about it for precocious puberty and, um, eat well, eat well. And if you want to learn more about eating well or, uh, puberty or, acne or any of the other wonderful things that go along with it, uh, you can go to HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.